0: 25 seconds left
1: to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt
0: Show. I want winners. This cloud is alive. You play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks, fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for a touchdown by Matthew Butler. He- Speak to. Him. They are who we thought they were,
1: and we let about the well, I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk to shut up. Let's
2: go scatter the West right tight. F left, three seventy two wide sticks. The
1: Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
0: Well, how am I gonna go to college? I'll just play football.
2: Yeah, baby. Rolling along. You know, commercials start playing. I take a deep breath. The next thing you know, Roger hits the button again, and boom, here we go. Roger's kind of like a good coach. You, you, the breaks just you just don't get long enough breaks.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, a good coach, just when you're starting to catch your breath.
0: All right, line up. Everybody line up. Let's go. <laughs>
2: That's what they do. It's the way Roger is. Cracks that whip, man. All right, here we go. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. I've told you that before. Why don't you listen? Get to deal with folks one-on-one. Face-to-face, one-on-one. If you have that fender bender Sunday night at 11 p.m. after church. hello. let's see. What? 7 p.m. after church? <laughs> Way after church on Sunday night. You don't have to wait. Until Monday, during, air quotes here, business hours, to call some 800 number. Nope, you just pick up your cell phone and text your agent. That's how you know him. that's the way it works at Farm Bureau. And you'll be glad you made that switch if you haven't already. You want to be a part of the show? You can be on the Divinity Equipment Phone. Divinity, where Chicken Hawk is hanging on. What's up, Hawk?
0: Hey, hashtag! I'm talking about hail, H-A-I-L dash S-T-A-T-E, hail state. And looking here, you got some, you got some breaking news, uh,
2: music. Uh, Roger may have some, some breaking news. You got some
0: breaking news, music, Roger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go now to our correspondent I, on the street, Chicken Hawk. <laughs> and look at him. Now, I, I, I was going <laughs> to
0: save this for the professor, but then I got to thinking. The professor is one of the main naysayers and one of the main ones dogging my man Nick Fitzgerald out amongst a bunch of mother, other other folks. Oh. And look at him. You didn't get no cake, so I said, listen, my man, my, my man, Bobtail, Mr. Bulldog himself, old Bobtail, Didn't get no cake, so I'm finna give him the whole cake right here. You ready for it? I'm ready. Uh, Unload it. Let's (laughs) see.
2: Hey, this is for
0: all you cotton picking nice fingers. All right, hold on. Time out. Hold
2: on. Time out. I need coffee for this. Hang on. All right, I poured a little coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. All right, go ahead.
0: Hey, this. Hey, this may make you over amp on that coffee if you done already (laughs) had a bunch of caffeine. This may push you over the top. you think you're ready for it?
2: I I know I'm ready. I was born ready. You got
0: a you got a basketball glove on. You need a basketball glove for this. Don't need no you know you need a basketball glove because I got a football pad. I'm ready to hit this with. You hear me? Uh, okay.
2: I'm the build. Listen, Chicken Hawk. The buildup is big enough. It's time to lay the news on us. What is it? Uh, okay.
0: I right, Well, I talked to Annette. Uh, a little while ago, about two hours ago, I don't know if you know a but that's Nick's mom. Mm-hmm. And my man Nick Fitzgerald, that all of y'all said, oh God, we love him. One... <laughs> Hey, I ain't talking. To you I'm talking about the professor okay. and uh and Mister B and all and a pine bomb and a bunch of them. Nick Fitzgerald, my man Nick Fitzgerald, that most of the majority of the naysayers, besides my man Bulldog uh, Bobtail. Would not make it in the NFL has done signed himself a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has signed the contract.
2: All right, he so he is signed.
0: You, okay, yeah, he is signed, and that's that's from that's from his mama now. Uh, another okay. a, a friend of mine, in Lou she tailgates with us, and uh, she texted me and told me that. He has done signed the contract. I wait now. I, I I got so excited I forgot to ask. Uh, you know how long? It was, and I wasn't gonna get into the money, but uh, I'll let you know how long it is. But he is an official member of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'll let you know how long he's gonna play there how Okay. Long the contact. All right, so
2: he's made right, the team so far. All right, so thanks so much, Chicken Hawk. Appreciate the breaking news from Chicken Hawk himself, who has spoken to Nick Fitzgerald's mother, according to Chicken Hawk. And Nick has signed a contract and is going to be sticking around a little while for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's good news. We'll look into it, and I'm going to look forward on Roto World, too. Chicken Hawk, thanks for calling, man, as always. Um, if you want to be like Chicken Hawk and your voice can be heard all over the state of Mississippi on the Divini Equipment phone, just call this number, 601-995-1059, 601 601- 995 1059. Oh, Roger, since you've got that breaking news thing handy, you want to go ahead and hit it for me real quick? I got something else.
1: All right, here we go. <laughs>
2: hey. And now to our newsroom. <laughs> when you hit that hawk sound in the middle right after I went to Chicken Hawk, that cracked me up. <laughs> our correspondent on the street and went, ah, Chicken Hawk. <laughs> No, the breaking news now is that both Mississippi State and Ole Miss have released their future football schedule for the 2020 season. Now, hold on a minute. Look, hold on a minute. It just hit Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you're going to see it all over the place. SEC teams, everybody releasing their schedules. Okay, we haven't even started this season, and we're releasing next season. I get it. You probably are more interested in this one. But if you're a fan who buys tickets or might be interested in, you know, again, future scheduling and making this trip or that trip, who you're playing in the non-conference, all this stuff, where, then now you have the information. Now, I have to hand it to Mississippi State because on Twitter, I just retweeted it. If you go look at my timeline on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. There is uh, a... They have put together a cool little, like, videogram thing way of releasing the schedule. It's not just text, <laughs> all right? They didn't just put out the schedule. State put this little video together. And, for example, like, you click play. And the first game... A tumbleweed. You see this tumbleweed across the desert, and it says New Mexico, all right? So September 5th, 2020, State will host New Mexico. The next week, State will travel to NC State, North Carolina State, the Wolfpack. So to illustrate that on the video, number two, they show Allen from The Hangover up on top of the casino in that movie giving his Wolfpack speech when he said, I consider myself a one-man Wolfpack. (laughs) (laughs) So NC State week two. I consider myself a one man wolf pack. It's fantastic. <laughs> week 3, <laughs> well, well, the tide is hilarious. <laughs> week 3 of 2020, they're going to host Arkansas. Arkansas comes to the beginning of the season and they have what? Babe the Pig, the Talking Pig. <laughs> on there. Week 4, they're going to host Tulane. They have a band on the street in New Orleans. Um The Aggies of Texas A&M come on October the 3rd to start for 2020. Everybody's giving thumbs up because that's what the Aggies do. They do the thumbs up thing. They have a bye in the second week of October. And it's uh, so then, yeah, when they travel to Alabama on October the 17th of 2020, they have uh, the old Tide washing detergent commercial on there right now. To illustrate that. Uh, and I hadn't seen that in a long time. They <laughs> they have Tigger from Winnie the Pooh dancing around on the screen to illustrate the October 24th game at LSU. So you get Alabama and LSU back-to-back road trips. That's going to be uh, fun, fun, fun. Um, <laughs> <for> <laughs> when State released... Okay, so they're going to host Auburn in late October, October 31st, so we're talking Halloween-ish. They have Charles Barkley on the screen trying to hit a golf ball. <laughs> That's how yeah. they announce the Auburn game. The swing looks like a lawnmower. <laughs> looks like he's killing snakes. <laughs> um, now, what is this all about? I can't hear it. I don't have the volume up. So that they have a game where they're going to host Missouri – In early November, in mid-November, they will travel to Kentucky, so it'll be a cold game at Kentucky. The week before the Egg Bowl, they'll host the Bulldogs of Alabama A&M. And then um, the Egg Bowl that year, 2020, will be in Starkville, and they are showing eggs bouncing around in a carton. Man, and and actually bubbling over (laughs) that's that from the movie ghostbusters when her eggs went crazy you know and they started breaking over there on the stove i
1: was wondering where that was from
2: that's the the original ghostbusters that's what that is yeah what a great way it's a bit very creative it is so creative okay so to recap the 2020 schedule for state uh they're going to make their first trip to nc state since 1940 They're going to have their earliest ever meeting against Arkansas all the way on September the 19th. Ever since Arkansas came into the SEC in 1992, State's been playing them towards the end of the year. Um, They're going to have an October open date. They'll have their earliest meeting against Alabama since 1942, October 17th, on Halloween night. They're gonna play Auburn in Starkville. And also in 2020, you're gonna have your fourth straight Thanksgiving egg bowls. So it'll be on Thanksgiving on that Thursday, which is the constant debate. Should they, would they continue to play this thing on Thanksgiving? Now, let me flip over. Ole Miss, your schedule for not this year but next is released, 2020. That season, Ole Miss will begin the year versus Baylor in Houston, Texas in a neutral site game there at NRG Stadium, kind of like last year when they played Texas Tech. They'll host Southeast Missouri in Week 2 and then host Auburn in Week 3. Week 4, the final game of September, Ole Miss will go to LSU in Baton Rouge. The October games for Ole Miss in 2020 are Alabama at home, at Vandy, Florida at home, and then host Middle Tennessee before having an open date. And then 2020 November games for Ole Miss, back-to-back road games at Texas A&M and Arkansas, and then back-to-back home games Georgia, Southern, and Mississippi State for the Egg Bowl. Because this year the Egg Bowl is in Starkville. So there you go, future schedules. Hey, on this whole Halloween thing real quick, I don't know if y'all saw this or not. Now I have, you know, if you have kids, it hits close. If you are a kid or if you have kids, it hits a little closer to home. Roger, are you a fan of Snickers? Oh, yeah. Those are pretty good, pretty good candy bar. Snickers tweeted. I don't know if you realize this, but they now, tweeted. Who doesn't
1: like them, by the way? That's yeah, the better question.
2: That's right. You know what I really love? And I've got some in the freezer right now, Snickers ice cream bars. Oh, yeah, those are nice. They are great. I can't say no to them. Have you ever had the uh,
1: the uh, thing at the fair where they fry the candy bar? No. They put it in like uh, like a, a batter, same kind of batter they make the elephant ears out of or whatever. Okay. And then they fry it. And so basically what you've got in there is uh, yeah. uh, all that dough with chocolate and
2: caramel. <laughs> oh, man. <this> is, yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Heart attack in a sack. That's right. That's what we used to say about Christie's. Uh, on the, on Christie's the, hamburgers the, up there in Starport. Heart attack on a stick. Yeah, on a stick. All right. No, the reason I asked about Snickers. Did you know that Snickers said in late July, they actually put it on Twitter. It said a Thursday Halloween not satisfying. Halloween on the last Saturday of October, satisfying. Snickers that how it says works out this year. No, yeah. Snickers says, if the federal government makes it official, we'll offer one million free Snickers to America. Join the petition, and then there's a link. You can sign a petition at change.org. Petition for the federal government to officially make Halloween the last Saturday of October. Which be would be twenty sixth this year? Right? That's right. It would change the date. See, because the thirty first is a Thursday night, <laughs> and they're like, "What's fun about Halloween on Thursday night?"
1: But I had these big tree I got these big oak trees in the yard, and it looks kind of spooky up under there. If you're if you're four
2: or five years old, yeah.
1: So they didn't go around my house. I mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then there it is, Saturday the 26th would be the final Saturday. And well, then you could get your groups together. Well, on. but here's my thing. Why do you need the federal government to do it on, on a national level? It's not like we go trick-or-treating nationally anyway. Right. We do it locally. So, like, I live in Tupelo. Why can't the, the town and the community of Tupelo get together, talk with the schools, make a decision, and put out a decree? Tupelo, Mississippi, will have Halloween on the last Saturday of October and not on a Thursday night, a school night. Put out the word and just do it in the, in the town. Isn't that the smartest way to do it, though? Well, you know, I, I kind of like
1: everybody celebrating at the same time, though. The whole country? And I'm not I'm not a big proponent of the federal government getting involved. In it. I'm sure somehow though, this is going to cost us money if they get involved with regulating the holiday but you know i can think about cinco de mayo you know everybody on the same day you know what's happening yeah that's right boom that's, yeah there's something uh, but, I, to... but i do like to move it to the weekend thing just for safety for safety reasons i don't so... I, but you know is this any safer on a saturday night now that i think about it
2: well not really and the thing about a school night is it gets everybody back inside pretty early Right, because you're supposed to get up and go to school the next day. But if you eat any candy, what whose kids are going to sleep after eating a bunch of candy?
1: That's right.
2: You know that Friday ought to be a holiday. That's the deal. If you're going to trick or treat It'd on a, a Thursday, Friday. yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're going to trick or treat on Thursday night, just let us out of school on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, on
1: uh, the other hand, everybody may be uh out eat, uh, you know, doing you know social things
2: on Saturday night, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well. But I'm with you. The, the federal government, I'll look at it and go, hey, let's just move it to Saturday on the 26th. Why not? Maybe they just don't care. Hey, I got an idea. Maybe the federal government has bigger fish to fry. All right. Over here on the text line, we were talking about the release of the schedules. It popped up. I was not planning on it. I did not know it was coming, but it it's here. It popped up, the schedule. So in regards to State's 2020 schedule, yes, we have a texture that says, Bama, LSU, and Auburn back-to-back-to-back, not good. Hey, and here's the other thing about that. That Auburn game at the end of October that you're going to host in 2020 is after back-to-back road trips to Tuscaloosa and to LSU. So there's some cool stuff in the schedule. Like, you get Arkansas in September, but there's some not cool stuff in that schedule, too. And that's that's the guts of it right there. State went to the SEC and, like, we want Alabama game moved somewhere out of that spot it's in November, always has been. They're like, okay, we'll move it. We're going to move it right before LSU and Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> now, shut up. Stop asking questions. That was that message right there. Yeah, and that's the thing. State, is is that how this schedule works? State is playing Alabama on the third Saturday in October that year? Because that's supposed to be reserved for Tennessee in it. See, because... In your influence, you're starting to have some effect. Well, they've moved it, but they're still playing the game. But that is true. Listen, that's a good point. That is... That is um, Pointed out here by Caleb on the text line. By the way, did you say yesterday was the
1: anniversary of the show?
2: I did. Look at that.
1: Yeah, that, was, that was his text, first text.
2: Holy Welcome cow. Back. Yeah. We got texts from Caleb one year apart. <laughs> his text today says, how about State playing BAM on the third Saturday in October? And the last time he texted us on this show was August the 6th, 2018, the first day we ever went on the air. Caleb, that's pretty cool right there. I'm going to send you a screenshot. Yeah, but that's it. Alabama's 2020 schedule, the first Saturday in October, they go to Ole Miss. The second Saturday, they go to Arkansas. And the third Saturday, they host Mississippi State. And then the fourth, the last Saturday in October, they go to Tennessee. How about that? Moved it. It's a step in the right direction. Getting that Tennessee stuff taken care of so that it doesn't hold the rest of the league hostage, which it does. On moving holidays, on the text line over here, somebody says, uh, while we're at it, let's move July 4th to the first Saturday in July so we can recover on Sunday. Is Sunday – look, Sunday is supposed to be a day of rest. And recovery. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got to go to church. (laughs) You can recover as long as you make it to the 11 o'clock. The recoverance in church. <laughs>
2: right. Well, hey, look, let's be honest. Like that old saying says, church is not supposed to be a showcase for saints. It's supposed to be a hospital for sinners. So sure. Okay, I'll go with it then. Go to church and recover on Sunday after July 4th. Just go to church. <laughs> You need and deserve it. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a deep statement. All right, um, keep them coming, rolling along with you here on a Wednesday in the Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. What's the most important thing your football team, your favorite college football team, needs to do this time of year in fall camp? It's a simple question. In in two a days, fall camp, your favorite college team. What's the most important thing for them to do? It's Matt White's keys to camp. It's the it's the number one key to everything. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what it is coming up. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau. Go! The home team. Roger here. We're in Mr. Roger's neighborhood on the Matt Wyatt show. Now, the number one thing is stay healthy. That's it. That's the number one thing. And you know, it's not a thing that anybody can really control that much. It, it, sometimes it's just unlucky. But it's the number one thing for everybody. And this is the kind of thing that you are terrified of. This kind of news right here. Overnight, three of Mississippi State's opponents announced key injuries. Tennessee. Tennessee lost three starters off its defensive line from last season. And Emmett Gooden was supposed to be a starter this year. He's he's looking like he's out for the year after an injury yesterday at practice. A guy a projected starter on the defensive line at Tennessee out for the year with an injury. Kentucky, another team on Mississippi State's schedule. Projected starter Isaiah Epps out 6 weeks with a foot injury. He's a receiver, so Kentucky has a receiver going to miss half the year. <laughs> Or or a month of it anyway. LSU plays both State and Ole Miss. Tight end Jamal Pettigrew out indefinitely after an injury at practice. It's the number one thing that you're terrified of. It's the number one thing that you that every team is going to be successful. They got to get out of camp healthy. Scares you to death, doesn't it? Looking on Twitter and Who's on crutches? Well, it happens every year, unfortunately. Earlier in the show, Oliver called in and he asked me about Ezekiel Elliott, the whole contract situation. He's holding out. He could just stay out until they pay him, and you know they come to some kind of agreement. All this kind of stuff. This is Cowboys GM Stephen Jones played you a little bit of that. He's saying, hey, it's probably going to last a little while. Oh, I
0: think you could easily get out of Oxnard uh, and be back in Dallas before anything gets done. Matter of fact, I don't see any momentum that would lead me to believe that we're going to get anything done while we're out here.
1: And do do you guys think Zeke would really miss games?
0: I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask Zeke and his representation. I mean, our goals are to get deals done. Uh, Our problem is we've got a distribution dilemma, and, uh, you know, it's our job to manage the cap, and we're trying to divide the pie up it's a zero-sum game for us in terms of the money the money's going out the door
2: it's just <laughs> who gets what and uh, at the end of the day that's uh you know the best way to characterize it it's a distribution dilemma we got to figure it out as steven jones of the cowboys uh doing an interview on 105.3 the fan out uh, in dallas but they're in california for training camp oxnard california and he said that they made him a big offer uh, made Zeke a big offer anyway.
1: So the difference from 13.5 to over girly isn't huge. Would you would you really not have Zeke on the field in such an important year for a million and a half dollars or whatever the math is?
2: I don't want to get into what we've offered, but we've been very generous with our offer. I'm sure they have. Rob is hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone right now. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. What's up, Rob?
3: What's up, Matt? Uh, First time caller. Uh, uh, before I start, I just want to put that out there that I'm an LSU diehard Tiger. Uh, I am in enemy territory here in Jackson. So <laughs> let me uh, you said earlier that you, without question, thought Zeke was the best receiving back in the NFL. And I just wanted to throw some numbers out at you and get your take on this. Okay. Last year, Zeke was fifth in receptions, 10th in receiving yards a game, 11th in reception Than receiving touchdowns, and according to PFF, he was 16th in yards run before the catch and routes. So I don't really statistically. He's definitely not the best receiving back.
2: Well, this is what I I, I think. Best is a bit. I think the word best is probably a big, broad umbrella like qualifier that I used when I said that. Here's what. Here's what I meant by that. I got to throw a pass to a running back. He's the one I want. Period. End of story. All day, every day against any opponent in any situation. Throwing a screen out of the backfield, I want Zeke. Throwing lining him up at slot and throwing him a route in the flat. I want Zeke. Line him up at wideout. Line Absolute him up at ridiculous. wide out and throw line him up at wide out and throw him a go route like he did. Last year, twice, before they got Amari Cooper because they had nobody else to throw it to, they lined him up on the numbers, and he ran a go-route and caught it for like a 38-yard bomb. So stats are like a bikini. They will show you a lot, but certainly not everything. And and the same so you, is true for Zeke. You're saying,
3: you're saying, so you're saying uh you'd rather... Do you think Zeke is better in the slot than Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey?
2: Absolutely all day every day because you know what? He will he will run he will run just as fast in any route or any cut as Kamara. He will run over, he will run over people that McCaffrey will lay down and avoid. Zeke is There's a, a guy that Zeke can do everything and Rob what I'm telling you is we're not I'm not telling you that Zeke is a slot receiver. What I'm telling you, and and then I'm not suggesting that the Cowboys use him that way. The example that I'm making is he can do anything. He can do it all, and he can do it all better when he's asked to do it because he has done it. I don't care if they throw him 100 passes or 10. I know what I'm looking at, and the guy is the best weapon the Cowboys have. He's the best mistaken, multi-use he's the best weapon. weapon. The he's the best multi-use weapon at the running back position in the NFL. Do I want him over Kamara? Yeah. Do I want him over in any situation? McCaffrey? Yes. And I'll stick to it 365 days a year. Yeah,
3: and not your opinion. Uh you're doggone kind of right it is. To yeah, good for you. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on, I think Jerry Jones is probably the best sports franchise owner in the world at creating value and making a brand. And I think this is the dilemma he runs into. When you When he does such a masterful job at creating stars, which I think the rest of the NFL owners could look at because that's what the NBA owners do a much better job at. Mm. When you market Cooper, Zeke and Dak as first-tier, top-five-level stars, and then it comes time to pay the piper, and they're not. (laughs) Now, Zeke, without a doubt, is, if not the best running back, he's top two or three. That's no question. I'm not debating that. Mm -hmm. But Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott are not even in the top ten at their position, and they're going to have to pay them like that. Because of the way he markets their
2: stars. Yeah, and you know, how much of it, Rob, do you think though is is the way they're marketed versus just what happens when they when they look at the market. You know what I'm saying? Like they say the market will dictate this and the market will dictate that. Just like Kirk Cousins getting, what was it, thirty five or forty something million dollars in a contract just because the market dictated it. You know what I'm saying?
3: Without a doubt. You're you're spot on. There's nothing else. The Cowboys can't. They're not going to be able to go leverage, you know, whatever picks or whatever young players they have to go get another quarterback that can even remotely do what Dak does. They just don't come on the market. That's true. So I agree with you on the the market, you know, dictates what you're willing to pay. And you can't let any of those three guys go. But I'm saying, if it's up to, if you're choosing between a guy like Leighton Vander Esch, who I know is is only in the second year, or next year when they're going to have to pay the best, I think the Cowboys have had the best offense run in football.
2: Hey Rob, the music is about players. to cut you off. Hang on if you can um, on the phone line. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, Rob has patiently been hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone. The music cut him off a little bit ago, but he wasn't done, and he's back. Rob, so let's pick it up, and let me see if I'm getting this right. Oh. You, you were you were kind of in the middle of explaining... You know, I had mentioned that they definitely do market players, and if you've got a star for the Cowboys, it's kind of like having one for the Yankees. you got to pay them, you know, this big, valuable brand and all, but it seems like they go by this market value, and it's why, you know, guys like Kirk Cousins get these big contracts. And so you jumped in and you were saying, What?
3: I think you should let Amari Cooper walk. Hmm. I think you should pay Dak and Zeke. And I know it's going to be hard to swallow because you gave up a first round pick for him. But if you can't protect Dak Prescott because the offensive line, which unquestionably the last couple of years, is easily, if not the best in the pro league, it's one of. If you can't protect Dak Prescott when you have to pay these offensive linemen Mm. that are coming up next year, what good does it do having a top-five receiver if you can't get him the ball? So my point is this. You build around the defense, and you build around the best running back in the NFL. Uh, You know, Without question, Zeke is the best runner. He's not the best receiving back in the NFL. He's the best runner with the ball in his hand. Um, I think you let Amari Cooper walk and I know that's painful to say but you're going to have to pay some guys And mm-hmm. you know it's either an offensive line or a receiver yeah. and if I could add on one thing as an LSU fan um, the Jamal Pettigrew injury is pretty much a non-injury for this reason and uh, LSU has never in the last 15 years we haven't used tight ends for all those
2: <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say that yeah if,
3: so it's not that big of an issue, and to answer kind of your question on LSU, the biggest thing, uh, I mean, we've heard the same swan song for the last 10 years about bringing different coordinators and all this noise in that are going to help elevate the passing game. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference, really, it'll come down to LSU, is what's going to happen at the linebacker position because we lost Devin White, mm-hmm. and we're getting back Clayvon Chason who's coming off an ACL injury. We're gonna and in Dave Land is three four. We're gonna need our Buck and our Week uh, to be able to put pressure on the quarterback, and it'll just come down to who steps up at the linebacker. We're still gonna be supremely talented. We'll be talented uh, more than any opponent except Alabama. Um, But the Pettigrew injury is pretty much a non-injury, and I also kind of want to get your take on this. I know I'm rambling a little bit. If you as a Mississippi State fan, if you got the same productions out of Tommy Stevens as LSU got out of Joe Burrow in year one, mm. would you accept that and I'll hang up and listen?
2: That's a really interesting question, Rob. Thank you. Hey, and I appreciate your call. Yeah, yeah. I, that is um, that's a great question, actually. It's one that I wish I'd come up with that. I probably need to look at that and make a video out of it for the YouTube channel because that's something that's really interesting. If we were to look at just numbers, uh, productions, third down conversions, like you look at what he did at the end of the Auburn game and that game-winning drive versus, you know, he had the one where he didn't complete the drive against Florida. But, of course, then at the end of the year, if you were to get the same production out of Stevens that you got out of Burrow as a state fan, would you be okay with that? Hmm. That's really interesting because I think if i if i'm if I'm gauging the whole just the whole aesthetic the picture of this accurately if I'm judging it accurately I kind of feel like state fans expectations of that position if Steven win, Stevens wins it which he probably is I think state fans expectations are a little higher frankly for him and for you know that position or if Keaton wins it in terms of production and numbers versus what Burrow put up in the LSU offense last year. And then we would get off into the weeds in these different conversations. Okay, let's look at that scheme and that system that he was in. It did have some zone and some read stuff in it. He ran the ball some. He had that long run against Georgia where he kept the ball in the zone read. But overall, he was a guy who was not asked until the end of the year to really put it in the air a ton and Kind of managing their offense. And, and I just think that I think collectively, state fans in in our minds, we picture whoever the quarterback is, Stevens or Thompson, as being a little more explosive consistently. It's just kind of the way the expectation is right now. And I'm again, whether or not that's reality, let's wait and see. I hadn't even seen them practicing pads yet. I think tonight is the first full pads practice. They've had on shoulder pads the last couple of days. But tonight, full pads practice for State. They'll have a scrimmage coming up pretty soon. That's a really interesting question. The idea of letting Amari Cooper walk, you know, the the key on this to me is like, what kind of length of a deal? And I may be wrong, but Rob, it seems like the Cowboys are kind of intimating that they're okay with these guys if they play a year on a prove-me contract, which may be kind of what Amari Cooper has. I mean, Cooper's 25 years old. He just turned 25. So he's still got some time left. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Uh, Jason, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. I'm just
0: listening in and out here. Uh did I hear somebody say to let Amari Cooper go?
2: Yeah, Rob, who called in a minute ago, said that you you know, you know do have a cap. You do have things you're looking at. you got a young quarterback, a running back you can build around. He says, save your money, invest it in the future of your offensive line, and if Amari Cooper walks, just let him go. That's what he said.
0: Uh, I think that's been a little bit backwards. You get rid of Amari Cooper, you might as well not have Dak either. We saw that last year. If they're going to have anybody go, it needs to be Elliott. They they can find a bunch of other backs.
2: See, and that's the thing, man. He to me, Jason, um, it is such a nuanced little thing there because he is a running back, and we are in an NFL world now where you must win with the ability to throw the ball and do it consistently. Nobody's winning just with a running game like they did. 25, 30 years ago. But to me, Zeke is so good and he is such a threat that they can build the offense around him. I see him different than nine out of 10 other running backs. You know, Um, the question is like, what does it take to sign him? And and not being in the negotiating room, who knows what they've offered him? They said they made him a generous offer. Well, like, what is a generous offer? If it's it's some exorbitant amount, then maybe you don't do it. But if you can sign him with enough room to sign these other players, I just think you have to do it.
0: Yeah, here's my thing with Zeke, though. Now, I agree with everything you said about him you know, on the football field. But You're right. You make that big deal and then he ends up suspended half the season. What good is it? Now, uh, that is, to me, that's what puts him off the side of, away from Dak and, and Amari Cooper. I you know they're totally be
2: agree with that. Walk. Jason, I totally agree. And I said that I think at the end of last week that if Zeke Elliott were squeaky clean then this is a no-brainer, isn't it? Like it's already done. Oh yeah. Um he's but and, and this will drive Cowboys fans crazy to make this comparison, but in that regard Zeke Elliott is not Saquon Barkley. Like the Giants have a run, a young running back in Barkley who they don't have any questions about. He's like a running back version of Eli Manning. He's always gonna represent you well. So they're gonna pay him and not even think about it. You know, just get it done for the best of the team. But I agree with you. I think this whole off the field constant issue popping up probably um, holds this thing up a little bit, Jason. Hey, I appreciate your call. All right, no problem. Jason calling us from a from an the nose of a aircraft. Carrier. <laughs> it's kind of loud there. I don't know what that was. <clears throat> but it's fine. We could hear him when he was talking. Yeah, so it's interesting to me the the whole conversation. I, I just think that there's there's so many <laughs> little things involved and, and then relationships are involved too. And on the surface, we look at it and we go, like I said earlier, you know it seems to me the Cowboys wouldn't have to be necessarily in this great big huge hurry to get the Dak deal done right now because he's going to play for them this year. He's already in camp. He's not holding out. He's not worried about holding out. He's going to get done when it gets done, whether it's now or whether it's way on later down the road. He's going to play. Just put it on the back burner. But I would almost guarantee you, that inside those offices there in Frisco, the Joneses, if they list out and probably have listed out their priorities, their number one priority is Dak because he's a quarterback who's not going to let them down, who they know exactly what they're getting on and off the field in every way. That's probably their first priority, but they don't have to hurry on that. He's not holding out, not planning on, not going to. They get it done when they get it done. And we've gotten this done, and it is done. Two hours in the books here with you on this Wednesday. We'll do it again tomorrow on Thursday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I'll see you then.
0: See ya.